It's November, boys. You know what that means. It's cold outside. There's bonfires occurring. Nobody there's, likes the cold. There's sweaters. There's football. And we are just about halfway through the season, so that means there's going to be some crushing losses that knocks people out of playoff contention. I'm so ready to do this. Let's get into the show. Let's do it. Caramel apple suckers. Arson wins. Better not suck penis or I'm going to kill myself. Y'all boys ready for this? How the folks let's gather around. Bowl the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Oh. Armal Apple Suckers. <laughs> You know, I usually like to have like a little quiet gap between us stop talking and then the theme song. And I was waiting for it to happen. And then I just hear caramel apple sucker. I thought that was a drop that you clicked. It sounded like it was so like out of place. I don't know. It was like, I I don't know. I thought it was a drop. Oh my gosh. Word to your mother. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. It is episode number 31, and it is the evening of November 3rd, 2021. I'm your host with the most, owner of the best record in this league as it stands, Team Fairlife. I am Chris Mitch, and we got the usual gang with you. We got the owner of the Mix Administration, Tim Raider. It was just a trap game. The Bengals are better than the Jets. And as always, we have owner of Let Russ Cook, Aaron Hunt. Got an important question for you. Did Carson Wentz suck penis this week? Yeah, he sucked on a chub. What? Oh. Yeah. That did happen. He didn't suck the whole time, but definitely towards the end, especially his chaotic left-handed interception for a pick six of approximately three yards. Beautiful. That's as cult as it gets, man. Cult as QB1 it gets. QB1 right there. Jeez. Hey, we're going to bounce back against Mike White and the Jets this week. Tomorrow night, Chris and Linda, that's my mom, are going to the game. It's going to be great. Packed show for you guys today. There was so much freaking news this past week that we have an entire segment dedicated just to talk about that crap, just to make sure we don't miss anything and we analyze the impacts on all the squads. And then we have... What I thought, what I think may be the most important trade ring of the year. The trade two weeks ago had the title of the episode, the trade heard around the world. But this one might be even more important, in my opinion. We'll get there. We have the week eight review. Then we have, of course, standings update, the all-important power rankings, and then a week nine preview. We got some good matchups that week. But before we get into that, boys, it is time for your drinks of the week. Aaron, are you drinking anything besides Dots pretzels? <laughs> I do actually have a drink this week, and it is the Solid Gold from Founders Premium Lager. Nice. Shout out the local, what is it, liquor cabinet by Chris's house. Went over to his place, watched, I think, 10 hours of football was. consistently <laughs> on Sunday. And I uh, got this six-pack for $6. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah, that turned into, hey, you want to watch Colts game? Sure, too. All right, Aaron, it's 11 o'clock. So now that football's over. See you later. 
Yeah, I was going to leave at like seven. <laughs> then it turned into like nine. And then we were like, you know what? Might as well just stay full. Yeah, I know. I know. Tim, what are you sipping on, man? I'm going with Yingling Flight still, man. I've, I've been rocking it for a few weeks, but not a sponsor. Java Mac, Sun King, Ooh. this Friday. This Is Friday. It back? Oh, I'm going to be stocking up. You know I'm going to be stocking up. Isn't Midnight Choir coming back soon, too? Isn't that usually a winter It's thing? about season. It's got to be coming <sighs> up soon. I'm going to drink so not a sponsor. much beer. Jeez. Yet. Amen. Amen to that. I had some yinging flights a couple weekends ago at the IU uh, Ohio State What'd tailgate. You think? They were solid. They were. Did you have one I, of them? Yeah. I actually don't think I did. Did you drink one between like the forty-eight pack of Miller Light we crushed? Is that is that all good? <laughs> nope, nope. Stuck pretty uh, loyal to the Miller. I think the whole time. Every single picture, by the way, from that weekend, I had a Miller in my hand, so it was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's the way you want to live life. Amen to that. And then I have, uh, I had it a couple weeks ago, and I forget what it's called. I don't have the can in front of you, but it's like the moon, moon chocolate caramel beer thing from Heretic Brewing, I think it was. It is delicious. Mmm. Got to love that. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I was a little overwhelmed with the news. Let's go and see if we can remember all of them and then discuss. No particular ranking of the importance or the recency of the news. We just kind of threw them in here. But I think any logical person would say there is one big story that maybe has the biggest impact on this league and, quite frankly, on fantasy football teams everywhere. Yes, that is, of course, the news that the Indianapolis Colts broke Derrick Henry. And what I mean by that is he had, like, a broken bone in his foot, metatarsal biology, stuff like that. I don't know. We're not doctors here. But it's an injury that was worse enough or bad enough to require surgery, and he is out indefinitely. Uh, you know, poor one out for Anthony, man. <laughs> Jeez. How how much does this really impact him? I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that. He might have moved in the power rankings. But just, you know, first blush, you know, what, what what's the impact here? He's got to be so happy he traded for Cordero Patterson two weeks ago. That trade might just save his season, but yeah, huge, huge loss. Yeah, Tim, you hit it right on the head. What I was going to say, the Cordell Patterson trade was crucial for him, and uh, it still keeps him, I think, uh, you know, relatively near the top. I do think losing a guy like Derrick Henry will put you down a couple spots, and um, we might see that in the power ranking. So. We'll say I got some bad news for you guys. Cordero Patterson is not Derrick Henry as much as he may may try his best. Um, yeah, when you had somebody that dominant as Derrick Henry, then you just kind of remove him from your team. We know that Anthony tends to sometimes put up 170 for fun, so maybe he'll put up 150 now or 140. And we know, especially playing against the better teams in the league, that might not get the job done. So I'm sure we'll t- discuss that more later on but again pour one out for anthony next up uh, what was kind of an equalizer in mine and aaron's game i feel like obviously he had Devonte Devonte adams go out midweek and then all of a sudden sunday morning calvin ridley out again with personal issues his second time in three weeks and then about an hour later we get a post from him on his twitter that says he is stepping away from football to address some mental health stuff obviously we are good folks on this podcast and only want the best for the man, Calvin Ridley. 
Uh, he's such a joy to watch on the football field. So anything he has to do to get right, uh, get back to 100% and just make the league better, take your time, my man. But I will say as the team Fairlife owner or the team Fairlife owner and uh, Calvin Ridley being a very, very important part, um, this hurts. This hurts, man. Uh, again, hopefully he gets well. And I was even I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were like, this could be a two week injury. This could be a rest of the year injury. This could be a rest of the career injury. We just we don't know like what he's going through and stuff right. like that. So I'm certainly on edge. <laughs> um, I've been dealing with my fair share of injuries this year. And then while he hasn't been performing to the to the greatest standard, um, he's still an integral part of anybody's team. So uh, from the owner of Calvin Ridley, I'm sure we'll get into how that impacts my team here soon. But get better soon, my man. Come back 100%. Yeah, I'll just echo, echo what you said, Chris. I hope he uh, figures out whatever's going on. I mean, we all go through rough patches in life, and maybe this is just one of those that he's just got some stuff behind the scenes that we can't see. We all have those types of things we're all, all dealing with. So, anyway, he needs to process it. Um, you know, football has to come secondary. Even if he's an athlete making millions of dollars, mental health is still important. Amen. To that, I'm sure Tim echoes the same. On to the next one. We had something that you just truly hate to hear just from a human standpoint. Um, again, we are a fantasy football podcast, so we're going to address it. But uh, Henry Ruggs uh, involved in a, I believe they are now classing it as a vehicle manslaughter under the influence of alcohol. Um, details came out. It was not a safe situation. I think he had a loaded firearm on him as well. Uh, it just wasn't a good situation and the idea that this man maybe plays football again uh might be kind of out of the question so obviously henry ruggs owned by steven and mount passmore he seemed to kind of be turning it on before all this happened he was he was heating up this year for sure but uh steven rightfully dropped him the raiders dropped him you know it sucks you don't know what what he was going through in his personal life but it's just never an easy situation when something like that happens. Yeah. I mean, in the, today's day and age, you've got the resources. Just get a ride home. It's bottom line. Absolutely. Don't mess around with those alcohol and get behind the wheels, kids. It's one thing that is uncool, no matter who you ask. Uh, on to the next one, and probably our last big one. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I skipped over one. I'm sorry. Uh, Slant Boy. Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints wide receiver, hasn't played a game in what feels like two years. Might be that way. I don't know. Uh, obviously, huge wide receiver one the past, you know, half decade of our lives. Uh, comes out and says he's out for the year. Doctors didn't diagnose him. He just comes out and says, I'm out for the year. So next time we see him, it might not be with the Saints. We'll see. But again, that's another shot to Steven's team. Uh, if you hear, if you ask him about him, he said, once I have Michael Thomas back, you just wait. And now look where we are. Yeah, you guys were giving Steven props <laughs> for having Michael Thomas a couple weeks ago when we were going over that lineup. And I recall saying, do we even know if he's going to play this year? So uh, now we know. Yeah, it's going to be a loss that he feels, I think, because I think he could have really elevated his team to being that guy that could go for 170, 180, and now probably going to be, you know, 150, 140, you know, Did most Steven weeks. Did Steven text that this was his first round pick? Yeah, in the initial like, draft. Like in the, in, the, in the dynasty draft two years ago? That's crazy. He hasn't had him for a single snap, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. So, 
brutal, brutal for the man, brutal for fancy owners out everywhere. Uh, the last one, I guess it's kind of relevant here. He hasn't really done anything anyways, but Odell Beckham, uh, again, I guess decided not to play football the rest of the year. So that obviously that impacts Don. He was starting him for whatever reason. I don't think he was necessarily startable, but, uh, Don might've addressed that with a certain move he might've done here recently. And we'll get into that later. But, uh, yeah, any thoughts on this one, guys? I mean, he wasn't really that relevant anyways. And then when you consider Don's not necessarily a contender, just kind of go either way. Yeah, fantasy irrelevant. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as Tim mentioned, it's kind of a dud of a trade deadline. Uh, I don't know. Not really much going on. As a reminder, uh, we have like uh, four weeks, five weeks, something like that until this league trade deadline. Uh, so get those trades in, man. Contenders, sell out. Not contenders. Know it. Sell out. (laughs) So, uh, Tim is referencing a very, very large thing that happened in our league that we will get to after the week eight review. Remember, uh, last week when I said that, you know, week six seemed to be like really disgusting with the low scoring, nobody even got close to putting up 130. Well, uh, week eight said, uh, hold my beer week six because six teams this week failed to score above 120 points. Big yikes. Kind of disgusting. Just for reference, uh, week six, which we mentioned previously being the nasty week had 137 point average week eight. 120 points <laughs> was Ooh. the average this week. You would think this week would be by apocalypse, but I guess not. I guess not. So we will try to make these things as interesting as we can for you. Beginning with the first game we're going to review, it was Tim and the Mixon administration taking on Clayton and the Red Rocket. Yep, so to start it off, no surprise here. Uh, looks, you know, Tim and the Mixon administration. Taking this one, 128 to 114 against Clayton in the Red Rocket. Tim had not one, but two ACL tears in his lineup with Tunyon and Jameis Winston both going down mid-game. But even despite that, he still had enough at the star power that he has to be able to uh, win, you know, somewhat comfortably by 14 points. Joe Mixon at 25, Aaron Jones at 24, and then Chris Godwin, you know, rest in peace to him. We'll get, get to him later uh, as far as being on Tim's team, but comes up with a 28 piece, which uh, is really nice to have as well. When you look at Clayton, uh, the future at QB does look bright. I will say that Joe Burrow looked pretty good against um, the Jets, did have a fumble and interception, but I think he's really coming into his own. But Other solid performers for him, Keenan Allen and Cole Beasley, they combined for 40. Really outside of that, though, there's just too many holes in his lineup to really put up the point total you need. Zach Moss, Marquez, or Quez Callaway, and uh, who else here? Noah Fant, even. (laughs) I mean, just lots of point totals across the board that are just not up to snuff. Uh, And T.Y. Hilton as well. Um, battling some injuries to be fair, uh, on his bench, but it's just going to be hard for Clayton to eclipse 120 until CMC gets back. So, uh, Tim takes this here. He was missing Prescott, Waller on by, and DK was left on the bench. 
Uh, I think they're all three be back in the starting lineup after the trade Tim made no real concern. He gets the win and you win. You're supposed to win against him. Yeah. Classic, classic win who you win. I was, uh, I did have to sweat it out a little bit, but you know, very happy and blessed to get the win and move on to five and three. Oof. Would have been a tough loss, man. Tough loss. Yes, as Tim mentioned, he moves to five and three, gets back on the W train, and Clayton falls to a two and six record. Another another year to forget, perhaps, for Clayton. And we're going to move on to the next matchup. And yes, it was a matchup between two teams that you expect to be competing towards the end of the year. And I'm talking about Steven and Mount Passmore taking on Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth. As a reminder, this was the second place kind of matchup to watch coming into this year. We had both squads entering at four and three. Steven was hot off of a comfortable three wins. I think he was averaging about 150 points scored, while Anthony has been pretty up and down team this year, but we all knew the threat that he carries, and he was the number one ranked in the power rankings coming in. And unfortunately, I hyped this game up, but it ended as two of the lower scores of the week. Uh... Anthony comes out on top by a score of 113 to 106, but he has to ask himself, at what cost? We, we, we already went over it. Derrick Henry out for a significant amount of time. He only puts up six points, but he's going to have to be kind of encouraged that he still gets the win despite a six points from Derrick Henry, but he's going to have to learn how to win with zero points from Derrick Henry for this foreseeable future. Um, and as you guys mentioned before, that Cordell Patterson trade looking like a masterstroke last year great for anthony getting some coverage there and uh you know cordell patterson and darnell anderson helped carry the derrick henry sized load and you have to think justin jefferson's going to get a uh, bounce back and uh travis kelsey not looking great the funny thing is he's still the number one tight end and we're saying oh he's not the same travis kelsey he's still pacing all tight ends guys he's fine but maybe not as good as you want him to be and Anthony will be looking forward to getting Lamar Jackson back next week. As for Steven, um, I think we all can agree that he's more so lost this week. This 106 point total was rather surprising after putting up 191, 148, and 158 the past three weeks. Um, and the bad thing is he didn't really have anybody significant on by. Leonard Fournette played like we're used to. James Robinson goes out early with an injury that looked scary, but he's going to be okay. Uh, AJ Brown and Tom Brady tried their best to drag you to victory, but at the end of the day, they only dragged you to just over 100 points, and that is not good enough to beat Anthony. As he moves to five and three, and Steven cools off uh, after his three-game winning streak and falls to four and four. So, again, I'm surprised. As good as Steven's been playing, the fact that he's four and four is rather surprising, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him more later. But as for the next matchup, we are going to move on to Stretch and Super Camario taking on Dom and Team Dom Perignon. And Stretch and Super Camario, they take down Don and Team Dom Perignon. And this matchup, the score was 130 to 105. I think the word for me when I take a look at this matchup and the reason why Stretch won is oddly consistency. Uh, his team typically isn't the most consistent, but he had, you know, probably five or so players that had 18 or more points. I mean, that's going to really help you to get a respectable point total. And I would say 130 is, I mean, that keeps you in it most weeks, unless somebody just explodes. Um, 
And then for Don, I just, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Brandon Cooks, they were consistent for him. That Jonathan Taylor guy is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Go horse. Um, Colt, go Colts. After that, though, it was kind of yucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty gross there for old Don. Um, I mean, it just really fell off after that. Jacoby Myers with ten, Higby with five. You had Beckham with one. Now you'll get zero from him for forever. So probably take him out of your lineup. Uh, McLaurin had six. I mean, he's a stud. You should expect him to bounce back. Denver's defense was pretty good, which stretch had and scored 17 points. So I, Don just, you know, his, some of his players didn't show up the way they needed to. And, you know, stretch had consistency despite Kyler Murray only having eight points. That's gotta be a good sign for stretch. And he's got to feel good that his other players picked him up this week, despite that. Um, Cause usually you, bank on Kyler Murray scoring 30. He's like a Josh Allen. So uh, stretch wins this one moves to five and three. And there's quite a few of us at five and three now. Yeah. I got one thing to add there real quick. I don't understand how Elijah Mitchell. I was about to say the same thing. How (laughs) he is. He's so good this year. And like OBJ over a lot. No, I don't know. That one's that one's a knee scratcher or a head scratcher. And even Michael Carter. I mean, Michael Carter at 32. He's rounding into a good running back. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't have an excuse not to play him last week either. He's been kind of turning it on. So I think he might have been a better option than some of the people that he chose to have in his lineup. But, hey, what do we know? So uh, we, we will go on to the next matchup here. And it was one that everybody had their eyes on and the implications. And, yes, I'm talking about Zach and team cooking up more, taking on Hayden and team country roads take Mahomes. And, uh, yeah, this game sucked. Um, both of these guys <laughs> came in on losing streaks. Zach on a two-game skid, Hayden on a three-game skid. And, unfortunately, uh, Zach made Hayden's poop skid even nastier and browner and more permanent as he won this game, 115-94. to And uh, I have to say, Tim called it last week, so we have to – we got to do the thing. We got to do the thing. Nice. Not that thing. This thing. Well, boys, he sounded the alarm, Tim did, and uh, this was a winner-go-home game, and Hayden loses. Poor one out for Hayden, boys. Uh, He really needed this game because, uh, granted, his three-game skid coming in were losses to – got to make sure I turn this off correctly – were losses to – Team Fairlife, your boy, Super Camario, and the Mixon administration, and he needed to get it off the schneid against Zach – and it just didn't happen. Uh, Cooper Cup tried his best, like he always does. Uh, but his explosion, his 25-point explosion, didn't even get him over the 100-point mark. And I'll tell you what. I was talking to Aaron about it when he was over. But <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell, man. What happened? What happened, dude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what happened, man? You were supposed to be the guy with Miles Sanders being out. And that just, that just didn't happen. So, uh, obviously, with Hayden, he'll say it himself. He counts on Mahomes to put up at least 30 each week, uh, and that just didn't happen. So, uh, without Mahomes, it's really hard to find points on the rest of his roster, in my opinion. Uh, As for Zach, uh, he gets the W with a not-so-impressive performance, and if he's listening to this, I can literally see him looking at his phone right now and being like, 
that's what I want. I want to lose. I keep winning in all of these non-impressive ways. And hey, shout out to you, man. You're going to play spoiler at some point this year. Um, Yeah, Matthew Stafford, man. Currently the QB2 on the year. He's just snatching bodies out here, man. He is just going off. And uh, a Tyler Lockett appearance. He was there. That was cool. And I would say he'll be hoping Dalvin Cook comes back to form soon, but Willie, I don't really know. I think he's maybe hoping Dalvin Cook stays not elite and helping him win weeks. Uh, so Hayden and his five tight ends fall to two and six, and Zach climbs to three and five. Uh, you got spoiler, think, indeed he is. Yeah, but you got to think both guys. Hayden definitely wanted this one more than Zach, and uh, unfortunately, I don't think he got there. So. We are down to our last matchup of the week. And y'all know what that means. The game of the week. And the game of the week indeed it was. We had the two highest scorers on the week. We had Chris and Aaron, the two podcast guys here, going head to head. 1v1. Um, 1v1 me, bro. 1v1 me, bro. And, you know, the difference this week has got to be that man, Josh Allen, the Stallion. 32 points. And then Michael Pittman, 31. Mm. Pittman, man. I mean, if he's officially arrived, that's huge for your postseason implications. You lost Calvin Ridley, like you mentioned. But Michael Pittman might be the guy. Might be the guy going forward. So that's got to feel pretty good. Uh, for Aaron's team, Kirk Cousins off the waiver wire, the big spending quarterback last week. He didn't do jack squat for you. That was that's a tough one. And then Higgins was yards away. I don't know if anyone watched the game. He was yards away for, from two touchdowns. Went down to the one and went down at the three. Oh, I would say, aren't and we all yards away so, from scoring touchdowns? I, I didn't know that, Tim. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, 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 like I said earlier, you can sleep at night. You play your near perfect lineup. You couldn't have done anything to manipulate it. Uh, Chris beat you fair and square, and as as it would have been no matter what. Uh, I'll say on your squad, we've got the Kyle Pitts watch in effect. Now that Ridley stepped away, Carolina put Gilmore on Pitts, a cornerback on the receiver that Pitts is, and kind of shut him down. So we got to see what he can do without another deep threat. Uh, Pitts is the only scorer on your team below. 10 points, I do believe, in your defense. And then for Chris's side, outside of, you know, the starting lineup, those two guys really carried your team. Hawkinson had a nice 18 points. Booker, 18 points. And then there's some receiver in your flex with uh, 21 points. I don't really remember who it was. Bobby, Bobby, You know how I feel about him. Um, But looking forward, Chris, David Montgomery does not look to be returning anytime soon. And I don't know that that's a big deal. Hello, Herbert. Herbert, man. He's he's good. You got you got the right uh, Bears backup running back. So, uh, like I said, I don't know that it's a big deal, but yeah, Chris, you mentioned it. You climbed to the number one record, six and two, with this one hundred and sixty-two to one hundred and forty victory over Aaron, who falls into purgatory at five and three with the rest of the contenders. Yeah, man. Uh, Michael Pittman's here, bro, and God, I hope he's here to stay. Uh, as Aaron mentioned, we did watch all the games, so. There were some highlights how Michael Pittman had two touchdowns within five minutes of the game. 
Obviously, we were watching that, and uh, remember that one time it switched to the Bears game, and it seemed like Khalil Herbert was getting like smashed in the backfield every single play. Six consecutive runs of <laughs> negative yards. It was insane. I was getting so pissed off, but again, he comes through, and of course, Josh Allen, man, just carrying the squad like he do. Like you too. My team's pretty beat up right now, so any win I can get, especially against a top team like Aaron, love to see it. Yeah, and then my reaction here, I mean, it sucks being the second highest scorer on the week and losing to the first highest scorer, but Um, like Tim mentioned, I put my best lineup forward, uh, missing some key pieces, which to be fair, Chris was also missing some key pieces, so can't really make that an excuse. Uh, but man, I'd love to have just seen what it would have looked like if Chris and I were both at full strength, the point, the point total we could have put up. I think it would have been close. Maybe, maybe playoffs. Yeah. We might, might, you know, meet each other in the playoffs somewhere along the line, but, uh, the, the Kyle hits three points, man, that was just a bummer. Uh, it really did. It crushed me and I couldn't keep pace after that. Um, so hopefully he bounces back. I'm, banking on that i really hope he does uh i mean especially given the fact there's going to be vacated targets with ridley gone but um yeah i mean at the end of the day the net result is i'm first in uh the chipotle division uh but based off points four so even if i did win it doesn't really change my standing so cool moving on to next week and hopefully i can beat stretch Correct, Amundo. Speaking of those divisions, a quick standing update for you. At the top of the Chipotle division, we have Aaron and Anthony continuing to be locked. Horns, only a four-point total is separating their points for, and they are vying for second and third highest points in the score in the league because your boy, Team Fairlife, top of the Kadoba division at six and two with the highest points for followed uh by two five and three teams stretch and tim and steven the only four and four team in the league at fourth and zach at fifth uh yeah i mean i think it's going as you would expect if the regular season were to end today myself and aaron would have first round buys stretch and tim in the first round and steven and anthony in the first round so boys any final thoughts on week eight week eight already god I think everyone but you would like to just move on to week nine. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, we can't move on to week nine yet because we got some delicious, scrumptious power rankings to get into. Nice! Week nine power rankings. I've got your update right here. And you know how it is. We'll just go through the top nine teams in the league and go from bottom to top because we don't, I mean, we have a 10th team, but. <laughs> okay. What's up with you in the last 20 seconds? Why are you so <laughs> fire breathing right now? It chose violence. I woke up guys. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, you know, you know how it starts. 10th place, Clayton, the red rocket. Oh. Two and six guys. Has anybody Hugs. sent a McCaffrey trade offer? I think the whole league is sitting at least he's, once. He's activated. He's activated. He's activated off the IR. He might not. He might might play this week. They're, they haven't ruled him out yet, but that's a key playoff stretch piece that he needs to cash in on. Like he's McCaffrey's not getting younger. He needs to cash in on him now. That being said, let's move on to the rest of the league. In the ninth spot, down one from last week, 
is Hayden and Country Roads take Mahomes. Four games. That win or go home game sent him home and tumbling down to basically the bottom spot in the power rankings. God. In the eighth spot, up one is that playoff spoiler we've already mentioned, Zach and cooking up more. He's going to do it. Matt Stafford, Dalvin Cook. Whenever Lockett decides to actually play, he's got a formidable team still that's going to play spoiler. Seventh spot, staying steady. Team Don Perignon, right, I say, right on the cusp of breaking into a top six. I think we've got potentially another playoff contender this year. Don't look now. Um, we'll see. Don's we'll see next three matchups, Zach, Clayton, Hayden. I'm just three, saying. Three guys, just three saying. guys you got to beat. Three guys you got to beat, but yeah. I mean, I think it's officially a seven-team race for six spots. All year long, it was six for six. I think now it's officially seven for six. In the sixth spot, we have our biggest fall of the year, down five from the number one spot. Derek Henry's injury takes Anthony to the sixth team uninspired youth. Wow. Quick thoughts, anybody? I think I moved him down to free fall. Well, I had him in third last week, unlike you guys. So I think I moved him down to fifth. But like uh-huh. at, at the bottom yep. of that, man. So you guys, you guys had him at one. How low did you guys move him? I had him at five, and Aaron had him at six. So five, five, six across the board. Sheesh. It was a close yeah. one, but that means that in fifth place, staying steady, Eddie again. Steven, Mount Passmore, fifth place seems right about right. You know. Some injuries, some guys on IR, some guys not coming back. It's just Steven. Playoff Despite contender. Anthony beating him last week, interestingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that Derrick Henry injury is just, yeah. Tractor Cito goes down. Fourth spot, rising two off a of victory. We got Stretch and Super Camario. Okay, okay. He heard the we'll hate last week. Celebrate good times for Stretch. Celebrate I don't have the drop. <laughs> no, no, that was that was just for stretch. He got like two seconds of me singing. <laughs> Third spot up one. Let Russ cook. And right. Aaron snaps, snaps. Just don't, just don't look at my bench. My starters look okay. Just, <laughs> just don't look at my bench. It's no depth. There. Depth is not a thing. <laughs> In the second spot, again, myself and the Mixon administration. And ladies and gentlemen, that means up two from last week. We have a new number one in the power rankings, Chris and Team Fairlife. It just doesn't. It just doesn't sound right, does it? Moment we made it. It just doesn't. I mean, yeah, he he's up there, I guess, but like, it's not going to last for long. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to come tumbling down to Clayton this week. You watch. And I swear, everybody listening, we are not narcissistic. We are just happen to be the top three in the power rankings done by us three. I don't think anybody would argue that, though. Like, Yeah, it's fine. I feel like it's got to be. We probably sound like assholes right now. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Aaron, how you feel about uh, number three? I think it's about right. Uh, I think fully healthy me has a shot at number one, but I think fully healthy you has a shot at number one, and even Tim – I think has a couple guys that are banged up and he'd have a shot number one. So I feel like it's, you know, there's, there's some tiers that are developing in our league for sure. Um, and, you know, I think my team is in that tier, but could move, you know, up or down 
any given week. I think I'm solidified though as a power, you know, a playoff team for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. And uh, Tim does indeed have some guys that can get him over that line, but he uh, gave some away, but he got a nice <clears throat> new shiny toy. And there's one place you could find that, and that is in the This League Trade Ring. The This League Trade Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the This League Trade Ring. If you are new here, the rules are as follows. Two teams enter to This League Trade Ring, and one exits victorious. You win by the three hosts here. We'll go over the trade, and we will count down from three, and we will say the winner, the person who gets the most votes, exits the Blech. exits the ring victorious and as a reminder we do not judge trades via win now or future we look at each team we look at their needs and see how this trade impacted their desires and that they want their teams to be so boys are you ready for this trade i think so i'm in it i think I, i'm gonna get out in front of this i'm gonna sit on the fence and i want to hear what you guys have to say first before i decide oh is the trade ring coming down to me and aaron yeah that's what, what you guys have week. to go yeah, yeah yeah yeah. if we agree or if we have to fight it out yeah um yeah this trade i'm just gonna say it i'm just gonna say it then we'll discuss it tim and dawn yes dawn dawn perignon participated in a trade this week and it rocked the league tim acquires Jonathan Taylor, yes, the running back. Colt, go Colts. From the Indianapolis Colts. Whew. Big piece, young, big piece. He also acquires LaVisca Chenault, a 2022 third-round pick and a 2023 third-round pick. What did Tim have to give up to get maybe the number one dynasty running back right now? The answer is a 25-year-old Chris Godwin. A 24-year-old Miles Sanders, a 23-year-old Antonio Gibson, a 2024 first rounder, and a 2022 second rounder. Ho, baby, that is a package before. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you like that, don't you, Tim? Don't you, Tim? That's a package. Anyway, uh, before (laughs) we get into the analysis, I guess it's going to be a me and Aaron thing here. Aaron, I'm going to count down from three. We say who wins the trade. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Actually, Tim, count us down, man. Let's do this. Let's do it, guys. All right. Three, two, one. Don. Oh! Yep, that's fair. That's fair. I I, I think I agree, but I'll let you guys have the floor. Yeah. Chris, you, you go first. It was really close. Don't get me wrong. This is not like an easy Don thing. It was it was just super close. But um, I think if if this was just Jonathan Taylor for Chris Godwin, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, I'd be like, that's that's pretty even. I, I feel like that's fine. I feel like that's fine. To me and the degree of the impact of this trade, LaVishka Chanel and those third rounders are just kind of pieces, you know, like they don't really do anything for me. But that 2022 second rounder, granted, it's probably going to be a late one just because you're going to be in it at the end most likely. But that 2024 first, man, that who, baby. And you give him all of those young pieces. Uh, I can't bag on you too much because I was the number one advocate of trade your depth and get a stud. That's what you needed to do. 
and damn, you got it. I mean, you could argue Jonathan Taylor is the RB1 the rest of the year when you look at health and opportunity, all that kind of stuff. So he's going to slot right into your lineup, and I will say you now have the best starting lineup in this league. I don't even think it's close. But dang, you gave up some depth, man. I, I was looking at it earlier, and correct me if I'm wrong, but assuming you're starting like your ideal lineup, so that includes DeAndre Swift, Ayuk drops to the bench. Yeah. I think your main depth piece is DK Metcalf, which is a hell of a depth piece. But outside of that... I think my, my, my ideal starting lineup, I think my ideal lineup puts Jamar Chase on the bench and then everybody else is in there. But yeah, I go from having three solid, three to four solid depth pieces that you, like you've always said, everyone would love to have on their team. Well, now somebody else has on their team sure. to having one, maybe two solid depth pieces. So, you know, like I said, I'm pushing the chips all in. I've not been shy about that. Uh, it's championship or bust, guys. There you go. And I think the age of the players Don acquires just sets him and his goals for his team. He arguably just got a year ahead of schedule, in my opinion. But I'll stop talking. Aaron, give me your thoughts, man. It was also really close for me as well, just because of the impact that Jonathan Taylor can have, especially on a contender. Uh, I echo what Chris has already said about Tim now having the best starting lineup 100%. And just the fact you could rotate in a you know jamar chase in a moment's notice if needed especially as we get past the bye weeks i think the reason though i picked don uh is just man he is so set up for the future now i mean he can use most of those first round picks on running backs and i was saying probably you know most of the season he really one of his weaknesses was like man he just doesn't really have like those star-studded wide receivers like he's got McLaurin Marquise Brown has really came into his own this year but like where's that steady guy that you can just go get 20 every week that's Chris Godwin that's 100% Chris Godwin and Absolutely. that's not going to go away for a few years if not longer uh, so to get that kind of talent plus the depth of Gibson and Miles Sanders I mean I know they've both had really tough years but I don't think they're washed by any means I think anything can happen over the next couple of years so you give him that. He's already got Michael Carter. He's got Elijah Mitchell. He's got Damian Harris. I mean, very quietly, Don has a pretty solid running back core now that he can rotate guys in and out. And he's got uh, which yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. go ahead. I'm sorry. He's also got three firsts next year, three seconds next year, three first round picks. If you think about it, that's if you're lucky in our draft, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts. It's like you said you said it great. I think I think this makes him a year ahead of schedule. We all talked up and patted him on the back for the the breakdown he'd been doing. And I think, you know, this trade really sets him up for uh my, my text to everyone was about to be um I'm about to make Don a playoff contender this year. I alluded to it earlier. I think this gives him the all across depth and I looked it up earlier for reference for everyone at home. Uh, Chris Godwin has scored six less points this year than Jonathan Taylor. So those guys are scoring about the same. That's wide receiver seven versus running back two. And then Antonio Gibson, he's still an RB two. He's not having the year I thought he'd have, but he's still a very solid. He's going to start every week. Miles Sanders was just getting going. And then again, first round pick and a second round pick. It's, it's all really just for Jonathan Taylor and, like I sent Chris a text last night and we already had one Thanos moment, but you know, what did it cost me? 
The last yeah. of my sons has less left my roster, man. <laughs> your your team has no soul, Tim. Where's the soul? I'm the soulless. Soul- it's just big money squad. buys. I have traded away <laughs> this year. I have traded away Joe Burrow, a, a son of mine, Antonio Gibson, who is a draft love of mine. I absolutely loved him. Um, I, and then uh, Javante Williams, man. <sighs> yeah. My all, all my sons are all, gone. All, all, all the kids are going. <laughs> <laughs> I need that nut. <laughs> So she said, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Um, yeah, I would love to know, honestly, I would love to know the league's thoughts on this trade. Um, it's a big one and you got to think Jonathan Taylor is typically a great piece for a rebuilding team, but the fact that Tim got it, which is good for him, maybe extends his window a little bit and then Don trading him away, but he gets three more just as young pieces basically Mm -hmm. and more draft capital and just solid depth, man. Just like, I got to add, this was, I, I would dub this the blue ball trade because for Hot. three weeks now, uh-huh. I've gotten a text. I've gotten a text from Don like, oh yeah, I'll do that trade after this week. And it, it's, I've slowly had to add more and more pieces to get him in on it. And he's, he, he negotiated really well. Like, like we all, I think we all said Don quote unquote wins the trade. Um, but man, he, I, I, I traded for Heinz three weeks ago. Cause I thought I had him. I thought Jonathan Taylor was my guy. And so I was going to go get his handcuff and I've just, had, wow. I've just been waiting. I've been waiting. I'm like, Don, are we doing this? Please. There you go. That is Don though. He keeps you waiting, but we all love you anyways. So again, let us know your thoughts on this trade. Uh, it's, it's going to have some implications. Tim goes all in. Will that get him the nut? We're going to find out. But first, it's got to get him through week nine. Let's go preview said week. Week nine is here. You get your Ravens and you get your Raiders back. But unfortunately, you lose your Lions. No Swift. Uh, No Hawkinson, I guess. Uh, You lose your Seahawks. Lockett and DK Metcalf. Big black nigga. See you later, dude. Buccaneers, uh, Brady, Playoff Lenny, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the football team members. Uh, no uh, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin. Poor Don. What's he going to do this week? Anyway. Uh, also, we are entering the last week of the Chipotle Cadoba Showcase. Last week, Cadoba wins again, this time going 4-1. and one. Steven losing to Anthony is the only thing that is keeping Cadoba from getting the sweep last week. Um, the total is now 10 and five in favor of the Cadoba division. Can the Chipotle division sweep this week? <laughs> we're going for it. We're, we're, that's what we're shooting for. Right guys. Go Chipotle or uh, go Kidoba. We have to, man. We gotta, we gotta flex our muscles. 10 and five is not good enough. And our first Cadoba Chipotle division matchup. We got, we have Steven and Mount Passmore from the Cadoba division taking on Hayden and Mount Passmore or excuse me, Mount Passmore. Yikes. Country roads take Mahomes. <laughs> part of the that we do that we do uh and as of right now sleeper has steven with a cool 58 percent chance of victory um and we've already talked about it hayden lost last week so he has gone home for the year in our eyes i think see ya before the pod aaron was saying that if he wins out you think that he might be able to make the playoffs because that would be uh eight and six but it's uh, it's I mean, I, I've, I've already sent him home in my eyes. It's just not happening this year. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been good enough to carry him. Um, and that being said, I'll shift over to Steven's side of things. 
I'll, it's not a winner go home, but this is a must win for Steven. You know, Hayden's clearly the weaker team. Steven has a one game lead over Don for that sixth playoff seed. Yeah, that's a good point. With this trade that's happened, you know, it'll probably take two to three weeks to see how these pieces really help Don this year or not. Um, but I'll go ahead and say that he might, I think he's up there, like I said, seven, seven people for six spots. So Steven needs to win this game. He's got right now Justin Herbert in his lineup, who's coming off a couple of down weeks. Um, A.J. Brown, who's been really hot, but against the tough, tough Rams matchup with Jalen Ramsey. And Ramsey. Mike Williams has not been getting it done, guys. Like, you guys all love him. He's not getting it done. Mike Williams might might be done for the year. Um, I mean, like you said, Michael Thomas is not back. George Kittle might be back soon. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire might be back soon. But, I mean, reinforcements aren't exactly coming for Steven. Um you're already rocking Dalton Schultz, the tight end five on the year. So Kittle, I don't know that really boost your lineup that much. He picked up like Derek said, Gore. <laughs> he did. He did indeed. Look out. Uh, my <laughs> eyes, my eyes will be on Jarvis Landry. OBJ is done. Baker's got to throw to somebody. Jarvis Landry in the flex spot. I think that's his best shot this week. Um, and it's the same old, same old for Hayden Steelers receivers, Cooper cup, Patrick Mahomes versus the world. That's it. Um, Conklin is his tight end. Why not roll out, you know, fire move? The muse. <laughs> the muse. The I mean, he got it. I mean, look at his sleeper photo. Have you guys like looked at this man? You probably can't see on the glare, but. Oh, I'm about to look at it got, right now. He's got the jaws of somebody oh, who man. Shoot 55 <laughs> pieces of double bubble at the same time. <laughs> he looks like the kind of guy that tells wow. me I can't come into the, the frat house. Yeah, his last name yeah. is definitely Friar Muth. I mean, it fits him very well. So, uh, from a Pickham's perspective, I've got Steven this week. I also have Steven. I really tried my best to look and see how Hayden can win this week, but I beat James Conner's stat line last week was um, five carries for 22 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> so, without those tutties, he's nothing. And Kenneth Gainwell confirmed last week that he's nothing. So, I tried my best to find a way but it's it's got to be steven this week right i think so right you think you think yeah aaron it's got to be steven okay it has to be <laughs> yeah i i can't look past steve uh hayden's running backs that's just not not ideal uh and then conklin you add that as the cherry on top i think that just equals a loss he still has five tight ends on his roster fun fact Nuts, crazy. I didn't actually believe you, but <laughs> I wasn't kidding. He actually does. <laughs> Brutal. Or does he? One, two, three. I know he's got three. Three on his bench, and he's starting Conklin, and he has Ito Smith on his bench. Or Irv Smith, sorry. Oh, on IR. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, IR. So all right. Enough about Hayden's Titans. Let's get into the <laughs> next matchup. We got your boy. Team Fairlife, new top of the rankings, taking on Clayton and the Red Rocket. Is this a trap game? <laughs> it's not. And honestly, guys, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. Um, unfortunately for Clayton, like th there's not a lot of analysis that really needs to be done here. Uh, Chris projected to win 137 to 113. Sleeper says 80% chance of victory. The one point I have here is Clayton is just praying that CMC comes back. If he does, maybe he gives him a bit of a run for his money. If he doesn't, this will get out of hand 
pretty quickly. Uh, he's got four guys that are questionable in his lineup. If any of those guys miss, it hurts him badly. And even those guys, man, it's just it's not looking great. Um, if I'm Clayton, I am seriously just you know looking towards next year, doing all sorts of moves. Who are you picking, Tim? I am picking Chris here. This is, I think this week is a slate of just no brainers. Really? Okay. All right. Shit. Shit. Gives you a little preview there. Um, no, I I'm gonna take myself as well. Uh, Clayton really might find himself in a in an injury crisis here. Like Noah Fant's already on the COVID list. Julio Jones, we know he's been lacking playtime this week. You know he started practicing again. Uh, Cole Beasley picked up a fresh injury last week. Kenny Galladay hasn't played all year. If all those guys are out, I don't know what he's going to do. So surely this has to be my week. So a clean sweep for Team Fair Life. Uh, projected to keep the best record. Just leave that there. Uh, on to the next matchup. We have, this is a good opportunity for Zach and cooking up more to play spoiler again against Don and Team Don Perignon. Don's going to have all his toys back, but, uh, you know, Zach can put a dash in those new hopes he might have gotten real fast. I think this is, I've got the notes here. Almost almost winner go home time for Don. I think he's got one more week um, in terms of not falling too far behind Steven. Cause even if he lost this week, he'd be two games back um, with five to go. That's not insurmountable. So it's all, we're almost there, but not quite um, Carson Wentz better not suck penis or Don is on the verge of extension because Aaron Rodgers has the cocoa. He do. That's his quarterback one. In case you guys are curious, in case you guys are curious, Don still doesn't want Jalen Hurts. So, <laughs> whatever. And can the Rona sorry, just dude, leave? You got to you got to get rid of him before. before uh, shut up! 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 Before he's benched, uh, Don Earth to Don. All phones call Don. Elijah Mitchell still on your bench. Put him in your gosh darn lineup, dude. He needs to be. He needs to be a stalwart. I don't know why. Jacoby Myers is in the is a wide receiver. No, Jacoby Myers. He still has never scored a <laughs> touchdown in the NFL. You you don't need that in your lineup. Put in Elijah Mitchell, please. Um, and yeah, pesky Zach. He's going to stick around, but you know, we got to see. He's been trying to trade. He's been trying to tank. So is Stafford going to be on the lineup come Sunday? Is Dalvin Cook going to be in the lineup come Sunday? It it's those two guys. Um, and will he pull it off? I say yes. I think Zach's going to win this one. You noted it a little bit. Don, some, some of these guys in this trade are on by. Don's not going to be full strength this week. So I'll, that's why I'm giving him a one-week pass, um, potentially here to lose to Zach. But it's, this is not win or go home for him. You said that? Correct. Right. Almost win or go home, but not quite. He's got one more week for me. I almost think the caliber of Zach's team almost makes it a winner go home game. Like, I know you got an easy schedule up ahead, but these are wins you should be getting with your new toys. I'm taking Dawn as well, though. Uh, when you have a team that is proudly starting Hunter Renfro, Rondell Moore, and Sammy Watkins as it currently stands, I cannot, in good conscience, pick that team to win. I'm taking Dawn here as well, but sometimes, guys, I think Dawn's his own worst enemy. Uh, dude, you got to log in, you got to look at your lineup and pick the best matchups, pick the best just possible lineup. I mean, 
putting in OBJ, keeping him there, like some of those lineup decisions, if those were conscience, like conscious decisions, like, okay, I doubt they were though. Um, so hopefully he goes in and, you know, he's got some reinforcements coming his way with Chris Godwin and, you know, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders. I mean, Gibson's on by this week, but if Don sets a good lineup and, and does what he's supposed to, I think he, he does win. I agree. So Tim is taking Zach and us two are taking Don. Uh, it's low key, a big game. It's sneaky, sneaky, big, sneaky, big sneaky. game. Um, we will get to what is probably considered our second place matchup to watch this week. We have two matchups of four teams who are five and three. That was a lot of numbers and I nailed it. And the first one we are going to talk about is Aaron and let Russ Cook take in on Stretch and Super Camario. As it currently stands, Aaron with a 74% chance of victory, according to sleeper projections. And coming into this one, Aaron is coming off the best loss you can have. You lost to the number one team, putting up the second most points in the league. So can't be too upset with that one. While Stretch is riding high on a two-game win streak, albeit being against Don and Hayden. I mean, that's the perks of playing the Chipotle division. But uh, I'm taking Aaron this week, and here's why. I think outside of quarterback, he has a position, or he has a slight advantage in every single position. I'm going to take Eckler and Harris over Kamara and Jacobs. I'm going to take Hill and Adams over Debo and Amari Cooper. That's closer than people think. I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts over Mike Kosicki. Uh, If this game comes down to anywhere, I think it's going to be the flex spots. Neither of them are necessarily sexy. But I think Aaron's side with Daryl Williams and T. Higgins is going to put up the points that won't kill you, right? They're going to they're gonna put up their points that are going to make sure you stay competitive and put up a decent total. While you look at stretches, Jerry Judy, Kadarius Tony, Judy coming into his second game since being off the injury. He played fine last week. And then Kadarius Tony, he's the perfect example of, you know, six points or 30 points. That man is electric. I kind of want to start calling him like Odell Beckham Jr. Jr., he kind of gives me those OBJ vibes. Light. Right, right, right. Super electric out in the out in the field, stuff like that. Uh, but even the defenses. Uh, it would be interesting to see if Stretch sticks with the Broncos against Dallas, especially if Dak comes at. That is a good, good offense. So it'll be interesting to see if he sticks with that. Uh, for me, Aaron's lineup kind of sets itself. Again, looking at that Stretch Flex spots. He's got some decisions to make. Does he give Adrian Peterson a runoff after being signed off the streets three days ago? Melvin Gordon scored two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones is usually reliable in Jacksonville. Emmanuel Sanders, he put up a goose last week, but he's been solid. Uh, yeah, all those guys. So uh, Mike Evans is on by this week. That might hurt him a little bit. Uh, but because of those things I mentioned earlier, I think Aaron has a slight advantage in every single position outside of quarterback. So I'm going to take him to win and redeem Chipotle division. And I'll take Aaron here as well. Kyler Murray banged up at San Francisco. Not a good matchup. Um, I would throw Melvin Gordon in there if I were stretched, but otherwise I, you hit it down. Uh, Aaron's lineup is just stronger this week. Uh, so I'll go with him. I'm taking me, but I'm nervous. I'm always nervous playing stretch. I think it's just because he's got guys like Debo that could go for 40, and it's like I just hope it's not the week he plays me kind of deal. 
Um, so, I mean, Debo is scary. Alvin Kamara is always scary to play. Especially gets Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gets Atlanta. Yikes. Uh, Amari Cooper is really coming into his own. He's a little banged up though. I think, uh, you know, if Kyler Murray doesn't play, that's a huge plus for me and my chances of victory. Um, but I think he'll probably tough it out and play. So I, I think on paper, it makes sense that I could win this week, but stretch always has a way of just defying the odds sometimes. And that scares me. So we'll see though. We shall see. There you go. And Tim said, you said you're taking Aaron in this one. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's three for Aaron. That is your matchup to watch folks. I forgot to say it. There that is for you. So that was, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I suck. Liar, I suck. liar, pants on fire. Really liar, liar, plants for hire. It's pants on fire, Patrick. <laughs> you would that know. that SpongeBob reference? Liar. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? We're going to do it again. You got one matchup to go over this week. And yes, it is our matchup to watch. And I am talking about Anthony. First game without Derrick Henry and Team Uninspired Youth. At five and three, taking on Tim and the Mixon administration, and he gets his new toy, Jonathan Taylor. That we do, and looks like the sleeper projections have Anthony currently winning one fifty-two to one twenty-nine, seventy-nine percent chance of victory. But that is, of course, without JT in Tim's lineup. You would expect that point total to decrease significantly between the two to probably be close to even once that trade finalizes. And boy, this is going to be a a really fun one, guys. Uh, First week, Chris mentioned it, where Anthony does not have Derrick Henry. So he doesn't have that stalwart in his lineup to just get those 20 to 25 points that you bank on. He's now got to rely on Daryl Henderson and Cordero Patterson to, to pick up the slack. And, man, Cordero Patterson, I know he's been a stud this year, uh, but he's very efficient on not as many touches. I mean, he's not going to get 35 like Derek will. He's going to get 15 to 20. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch. The other thing is I'm intrigued to see Tim's point total this week. How much better is he losing Godwin out of his lineup to gain Jonathan Taylor? especially since they both have been putting up, like Tim already mentioned, pretty similar point totals this year. And uh, he's battling some buys this week as well. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I think in this matchup, when I take a look at it, just some of the, you know, pieces and the flex and just uh, the positional battles that we've got going, I'm going to take Anthony, but it's going to be just so ever slightly. I think it, this could be a, a five-point win, possibly. Uh, I think the main difference is I like uh, the flex of Devonte over Ayuk. I know Devontae's not been great this year, but I think the Chargers have shown to be somewhat vulnerable through the air, and I think that Jalen Hurts can get on track and Devontae Smith could have a decent game. Ayuk is just such a wild card, man. I, I don't know how he's going to play or perform. Shanahan hasn't had much confidence in him, and we know how that goes if Shanahan's not in your corner. So uh, I I really like both lineups. They're both pretty strong this week, but 
I'm going to take Anthony very slightly. This one was close. I I wrote down Anthony, but I think I'm going to take Tim. And it's because while I do agree that I'd probably have Devontae Smith over Brandon Ayuk, and that's really the only quote-unquote hole that the rosters have, um, I just like uh, Tim's core pieces better. Um, Joe, or Jonathan Taylor in that matchup he has this week. Joe Mixon against Cleveland, tough D, but he gets enough volume to make that up. Uh, I'm going to take Tim. I think he I think he's, gets on a winning streak after this, uh, but ever so slightly. I'm taking Anthony in this matchup. I'm still a little nervous. I need to see Dak come back from that calf injury. Dude, you're and... spitting. Dak come back from this calf. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rapper and I didn't even know it, but... Uh, that also being said, I've got eyes on Darren Waller, the walrus. He's been out with the ankle, then on bye, and now with the Henry Ruggs incident, Derek Carr's got to throw to somebody. And I think it's high time that Darren Waller comes back. Brian Edwards. Makes himself a top two tight end. Come on. Dude, he's going to get three targets. Let's like go. Shut I, shut I haven't shut given up, up yet. Um, but yeah, you know, DK on by, he'd be my other flex spot instead of Ayuk. But I think Ayuk versus Devonta isn't going to win or lose the matchup. Um, I, I've on Anthony's side, Cordero Patterson is someone I'm going to be watching because you know he's only projected for 13, but has exploded multiple times this year for 20, 30 plus. So uh, let's see what happens there. And then also Justin Jefferson, wide receiver 21 on the year. Last year was wide receiver six as a rookie. I, didn't realize I mean, that. that's kind of a letdown. He has Honestly, a bye that's week kind of a letdown. in there, but still. Yeah. So, you know, you you want to see him. If you're Anthony, you want to see him uh, have, have a breakout game. I don't want to see it happen this week, but Anthony does. But I'll take Anthony. All right. Two picks for Anthony. I'm staying strong with Tim. Jonathan Taylor's going to carry you, boy. He's going to carry you. All right, folks. That was your week nine preview. It's a big one, man. Those tiers are going to keep getting wider and wider. We're going to start getting juicier and juicier matchups as we go. I love fantasy football. Let's get out of here. Nice. Fun fact of the day, boys. You ready? Hit me. Michael Pittman Jr. is the number 10 wide receiver on the year right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just want to, just want to throw that out there. The man himself, number 10. Man. Sheesh. All right. As always, you can follow us on all, well, not all, on Twitter and Instagram, this league underscore pod. As previously mentioned, we are in construction of a website. It's where you can go. Updated scores, manager profiles, all that hot stuff. It's going to be a big step for our listeners. And as always, we just respectfully ask you to comment, subscribe, share us with your friends. And um, is waterboarding the like button too much? Uh, you can waterboard it. It's not illegal. Yeah, it's just a like button. Yeah, yeah you, 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 could, you could like light it on fire and throw a Molotov cocktail at it like that deli in New York. Just disrespect that thing. A deli in New York? What? Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. It was kind of scary. But yeah, but if it's a like button. It's not that scary. Yeah. Like two days ago. Oh, that deli was probably owned by a small Italian man. <laughs> Well, look, uh, not local news aside, you know, you can bury the like button. 
It's alive. True. You could bury it alive. You could. Past like Halloween, that one too. but scary. I like that one too. Just gently guide your cursor over the Ooh. interwebs Ooh. and click it. ASMR. Click it yeah, with just click. I like that. All right. Just just click. <laughs> just click it. Just we'll... ever so gently. Okay. All right. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Guys, it's November. Have you started your Christmas music yet? Oh, you know it. November 1st. It's your Christmas presents early this year. Supply chain issues. <laughs> That's true. I'm true. I'm holding off till after Thanksgiving. I try every year, but I usually fail. We're going to sign off now. I'm your host, Chris. Love you guys. Everybody have a good night. See you. Good night. Long get. Hopefully I get a couch next episode. Damn. Damn, man. You started off the same way. That sounded good, but then we'll just all like ping pong yeah, we'll each add other, something. like okay, you know, yeah. bonfires, like whatever. All right, <laughs> bonfires. Bar. Sweet. Lord have mercy. There's a fire. All right, let's try this again. <laughs>